Welcome to All Places Together. Here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Get ready to mix it up. Mixtape Volume 2, Christmas Around the World, is ready for you. While Hallmark and Netflix might say that Christmas ends on December 26th, I am part of a Christian tradition that says Christmas doesn't even start until December 25th. Moreover, we continue to celebrate Christmas for 12 days, just like the song about the Lord's leaping, ladies milking, golden rings, and oh, so many birds. So I say to you today with a heart full of joy, happy second day of Christmas. I hope that you have had moments of wonder, joy, and peace as you have celebrated with friends, family, coworkers, classmates, and whoever else you have made merry with. I also imagine that this past week and perhaps the week to come, may be marked with some stressful, anxious, and even sad moments as well. Getting all the preparations ready to celebrate can be so overwhelming that we can end up not wanting to actually celebrate at all. We are anxious about being with family members with whom we disagree with on big things. Will we be able to make it through a meal without talking about insert your family's big trigger debate here? Or perhaps we're missing someone, someone who has passed away, someone who is far away, or someone with whom our relationship is strained or broken. Here at All Places Together, we know that Christmas and all the holidays come with their own complications. Nevertheless, today and during this Christmas season, We celebrate and give thanks that Jesus is born for you, wherever, whoever, and however you are. Nothing that happens or doesn't happen during these days of Christmas can change that. You are so very loved. So in honor of the complicatedness of this season, All Places Together has created something special for you our second mixtape, Christmas Around the World. In this episode, we're mixing together the stories from three young adults and global mission alumni together with some biblical stories about Christmas. Young Adults and Global Mission, or YAGAMs for short, are 21 to 29-year-olds who serve the global church for one year. Prior to the pandemic, as many as 85 young adults would travel around the world for this life-changing year of service. Their service would take the form of accompaniment, 
which means that Yagums would go alongside of their host communities and serve in ways that the hosts identified. A Yagum might teach English, lead a youth group, serve in a retirement community, provide health and wellness education, work at a feeding ministry, or even give swim lessons. Each Yagum has a different experience based on what their individual gifts are and what the needs of the community are. Yet almost all Yagums share one thing in common. They don't go home for the whole year. This means birthdays, Thanksgiving, and Christmas are all away from home in a really big way. The stories that we have collected today speak to the difficulties of celebrating Christmas in a place that is far from home. We'll get to hear about unique traditions from around the world. And I also think we'll hear part of our own stories too. It turns out that struggles with loneliness, uncertainty, frustration at consumerism, and doubt are not just things that missionaries face. We face them too. So let's get started. Like Santa going crisscross across the oceans, we are now headed out on our journey to hear stories from three different countries on three different continents, remixed with the biblical stories and promises of Christmas. We're going to Hungary, Australia, and Argentina. But first, let's go to the Gospel of Luke to hear the story of Jesus's birth. I'll be reading from Wilda Gaffney's translation of the Nativity from a woman's lectionary for the whole church, year A. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 8. Now it happened in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered for taxation. This was the first registration that occurred while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, each to their own towns. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth in Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, for he was from the house and heritage of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was betrothed and who was pregnant. So it was that while they were there, the time came for her to birth her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and swaddled him and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the inn. From the manger, we now go to Hungary with Marin Corliss. Marin is now in middle school education in Norfolk. Marin's story connects to the theme of discovering hospitality from the Christmas story. Mary and Joseph set out to Bethlehem, not knowing where they would stay, unsure of where would welcome them. They don't find hospitality in the expected places, but they do find just what they need and more. Let's hear from Marin now. Hey there. Um, I'm just going to get started and get right into it. Um, my name is Marin Corliss. I am a member of the Virginia Synod, and I served as a young adult in Gold Mission or as a Yagum um, in Hungary in 19 and 2020. I lived in a very small town in the eastern part of 
Hungary called Boreccio We Follow, um, which basically, um, it's a long to say the name of the town by the river, um, but it was a really great place. So I worked with a lot of great people um, at an art foundation that helped the Roma population um, that is generally uh, discriminated against in Hungary and much of Europe. Um, we helped them with art education. And I remember for Christmas, Christmas was a really important time for a lot of my community members. And when I first arrived to Wifalu in September, one of my leaders at the section that I worked at, that you guys judge, her name was Aziz, and she was new to the new to working with me as a yagam. And she asked me, she said, so what are you doing for Christmas? And this is in September. We had a lot of time. And I said, well, they, the program wants me to connect with people in my community and spend time with people in my community. Um, and she said, you're not spending it with the other volunteer, other American volunteers. And I said, no. And so she said, well, you're coming to my house for Christmas. And that's that. And I said, okay, I'll leave. And not that I didn't expect her to keep her word. It was September. I had just gotten there. She didn't know who I was. And so when December finally rolled around, Christmas is sort of like a two or three day celebration. Um, the 24th through the 26th are all very important days for the Christmas holiday. And so I spent Christmas Eve with Nora, the leader of the Igaz Junge. I spent it with her and her husband, Fetty, and we decorated their Christmas tree and put candles on it and lit candles. And we had dinner with her sister and her brother-in-law, and her sister gave me a gift. So Nora's sister gave me a present of chocolates, and I wasn't expecting that at all. I was really excited that I was invited over for a Christmas Eve dinner with a family that I knew, really, but I was not expecting gifts and to be welcomed in as much as I was that evening. And then Christmas Day, I spent with two different families. Friend, Fani, she invited me over to her house and we played games and I played with her cat and that really reminded me of my cats back home. And it was really great spending Christmas with a friend and some lovely pets. But then that evening, I got on the bus and I headed to Debrecen, which was the big city near my town. And I met Alcalise at the bus station. And she walked me to a family home in Debrecen from the bus station. And I had dinner with her parents and her grandparents and her brother and sister-in-law. And, and they welcomed him. They just, it was amazing. I just remember being talked to and included by her family. And they gave me gifts as well, not just feeding me, not just the gift of nourishment and community, but they, they gave me gifts to welcome me and be a part of the family. And they said, whenever I needed a safe place to go in Hungary, I was their safe place. And so I think really where I saw Jesus in the idea of Christmas was just that idea of welcoming the stranger. You know, so many people hadn't even known me but a few months and already they were like ready 
to welcome me into their home for such a special time of the year, especially for someone who had spent Christmas away from her family for the first time. Their compassion and love for me as one of their own really showed me how much they cared and how much Christ was with me. The more my journey as Adam and throughout the rest of my time there, I felt really loved. Thank you, Marin, for sharing your Christmas story and for the powerful reminder of the big impact that small acts of hospitality and kindness can have in the world. From Hungary, let's time travel to the very beginning of time. Hear now these words from the Gospel of John from Wilda Gaffney's A Woman Lectionary for the Whole Church, Year A. John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in the Word was life, and that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the bleakness and the bleakness did not overtake it. We know what it is like to be surrounded by bleakness, shadows, and uncertainty. But those spaces do not scare God or keep God away. In fact, God does some of their most amazing and creative work in these bleak spaces. And what God shows us in this reading is that a single light can be a sustaining and creating beacon of hope. Deacon Emily Edmonds shares her Yagam Christmas story from Australia, where she too found a beacon of hope amidst uncertainty. Emily is now a chaplain at Virginia Baptist Hospital in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is Emily Edmonds, and I served in Yagam year 2015 to 2016, which was actually the very first year for the Australia program, which I entered into. I lived in the remote Aboriginal community called Hopevale, and if you look on a map, it's towards the very top of the continent in far north Queensland. I did not spend Christmas in my community, however. It was traditional that the majority of the community would shut down and migrate to the beach to camp for several weeks during that time. I never had a host family while I was there and was left without an invitation to camp. My immediate supervisors were traveling to the nearest city of Cairns five hours away to spend it with their family, and so I found myself for the first time unsure of how to celebrate Christmas and what even I was supposed to do with that day. It was suddenly extremely hard for me to think of marking the birth of my savior if I had to do it alone, which sounds really odd when you think about it, because my relationship to God has always been something deeply personal, and I wouldn't have batted an eye to spend other significant holidays such as Good Friday or Easter alone, 
And yet Christmas for me has always been a call to be connected and be in relationship. And so I felt rather lost in those weeks leading up to Christmas and just kind of disappointed, honestly. But we had a Yagam retreat right beforehand and all the volunteers gathered together and it was there that we tried to recreate beloved holiday traditions such as making pumpkin pie, hanging stockings, watching movies in our pajamas, and putting the Yule log on the TV screen. Now none of these things were done particularly well, <laughs> but they were absolutely wonderful and they brought us all such joy just to spend time with each other and share stories. My country coordinators Kim Crawford and Henry Martinez were gracious enough to allow me to stay with them after all the other volunteers left to go back to their sites so that I wouldn't have to spend Christmas in an abandoned place. Christmas Day I found myself at a stranger's house who had invited us all over and I sat there on the veranda having just recovered from a stomach bug and rising to the challenge of eating grilled prawns so as not to be rude, and I was watching my coordinator's children play in a kiddie pool on an impossibly hot day, and yet I felt really content. It sounds cliche, but I think more than anything, I walked away knowing that the spirit of generosity and energy of celebration does not have to be contained to one day, or even one vision of what a day is supposed to be like. I can celebrate the story of Jesus and God's presence in my life, no matter what the circumstances, and I can find relationship in really unexpected places. I missed my family, and I felt overwhelmingly lonely and rejected, and yet even so, God still shows up. God provided a safe place for me to stay and be in community for a few extra weeks that year because that's exactly what I needed, and I was able to return to Hope Vale when the people returned from camping. And since then, I have celebrated more energetically when I'm with my family, but I have also found myself several more times being taken in by the kindness of others when it seemed I had nowhere to go. The greatest gift I received that Christmas a few years ago was to remember that God actively reached into this world and continues to actively reach out to show me and all those other little displaced souls out there that we are never alone. And now I spend most of my time working with those experiencing mental health distress or substance use issues. And it's amazing to see the power the concept of Christmas can have over people in many different ways. It can provide goals and reminders of connection and times of wellness and joy. And it can also bring into stark reality all those things that we may feel we are lacking or missing in life. While in Australia, I felt both of these extremes in turn. But I think like so many other parts of our faith, it's okay to be honest about what we are feeling. The Christmas narrative itself is not one note happy. It is pain and joy and fear and hardship and exhaustion, celebration, glory, connection, and light amid darkness. And now you're going to have to allow me to be a little positive here and say that a light was given to me that Christmas in Australia to know I wasn't alone after all. And my hope is that everyone can find at least one source of light this year as well. And I know it's cliche, but... That is genuinely my hope.
Emily, thank you for sharing your story and your sincere hope for us to be able to find a beacon of hope in our bleak places. Your prayer is a gift to each of us. I'll now read one last Bible story from the Gospel of Matthew. From Australia, we return to the time of Jesus' birth and hear a prophecy about what his life would be. Again, I'm reading from Wilda Gaffney's A Women's Lectionary for the Whole Church, Year A. Matthew 1, verses 18 to 24. Now this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah happened. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to have a child in her womb from the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a just man and unwilling to shame her. He wanted to divorce her secretly. But when he deliberated this, suddenly an angel of the Most High God appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for in her is conceived a child from the Holy Spirit, she will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this happened to fulfill what had been spoken by the Most High God through the prophet. Look now, the virgin shall conceive a child in her womb and give birth to a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which translated means God is with us. When Joseph got up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Most High commanded him. He took her as his wife. Our final story for today comes from Vicar Luke Swanson. Luke is an approved candidate for Word and Sacrament Ministry in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and he is set to graduate from United Lutheran Seminary very soon. Luke's experience and reflection are from his time of service in Argentina, and he teaches us again that God is with all people, wherever we are. What I remember most about my Christmas in Buenos Aires, Argentina, as a young adult in global mission, is just how warm it was. I had to continuously remind myself that Argentina is in the Southern Hemisphere. So when the Northern Hemisphere is experiencing one season, the Southern Hemisphere is experiencing the complete opposite. So while the Far North may be experiencing a Christmas of snow and white magical wonder, the South, the Southern Hemisphere is experiencing the heat. And for Buenos Aires, Argentina, where I was living as a missionary, this also came with a whole lot of humidity. I remember how on Christmas Eve, I was sweating so much during the service. And this was even before we did that traditional candlelight portion of it. Now, I'm from the northeast of the United States. And for most of my life, my immediate family would make our yearly pilgrimage to see my grandparents over Christmas. They lived in western New York, close to Lake Erie. Now, western New York is prone to cold winters with a whole lot of lake effect snow. 
Some of my fondest Christmas memories are of that time at my grandparents' house. My assumptions and expectations of Christmas were established by my experiences with my grandparents in the middle of winter. So it was very different when I found myself in Buenos Aires, Argentina for Christmas in 2016 on my young adult and global mission pilgrimage. But to my surprise, it wasn't so much that things seemed radically different for Christmas in Argentina, it was that a lot seemed the same. It seemed rather odd for me to basically have a winter-style Christmas in the midst of the summer heat and humidity. Christmas trees were put up the same way in the United States as they were in Argentina. Wreaths and garlands were displayed in the same way. Even similar winter food seemed to be the same. Food that seemed appropriate for winter time. I asked my pastor, my host pastor, about this at his house, uh, at his Christmas Eve party. I asked him why we were eating such heavy breads in the middle of summer. Why were things so much the same? He kind of shrugged and said, well, I don't exactly know, but I guess it's the European traditions or something like that that have entered the culture here. It dawned on me that Christmas can often be monopolized by societal expectations that don't line up well with the realities of the situation. How is the secular, consumer-oriented Christmas at odds with Christ's Christmas? I remembered from my own understanding of Christmas that Christmas is celebrated in the middle of winter in the Northern Hemisphere because Christ comes in the darkest of times and the days get progressively longer and brighter. In the Gospel of John, one of the four Gospels that give a portrayal of Jesus, John the Baptist says, Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. But my question for myself and others is, how does our dominant culture manipulate the truth of Christmas? How are we increasing the value of our assumed expectations over the expectation of the real and incarnate Jesus Christ? For instance, the Argentine people and people of the Southern Hemisphere, for them, Christ comes in the brightest of days. And the subsequent days after that get shorter and less bright. I remember now that Christ was and is incarnate among us in the longest of days and the shortest of days. Christ comes to us in all seasons. Christ comes to us anywhere and anyhow we may find ourselves. Christ comes because God loves us where we are and meets us in those places. God gave us north and south, east and west, so that when one hemisphere is thriving and bountiful, the other is getting its rest. God gave us those seasons. For me, I found myself in another season at Christmas of 2016, and Jesus came to me during that time in surprising ways. My prayer each Christmas now is that Christ comes to those who are not experiencing the thriving and the bounty that I am privileged to experience. And if you are experiencing or approaching shorter days, 
I pray that you will experience a season of Christ in whatever way that looks for you. For Christmas is not about our pilgrimage to other places, but Christ's, God's pilgrimage to us. Thank you, Luke, for sharing your experience, your questions, and the affirmation that we don't have to go anywhere to find Jesus. Jesus is always with us wherever we are. I hope that these stories have given you grace, love, and hope this Christmas season. May you share and experience loved fill hospitality with old friends and new. May you see and share a light of hope amid the bleakness of these winter nights. And may you always remember that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, wherever, whoever, and however we are. Merry Christmas. A prayer for Christmas. Jesus, Son of Woman, each year at Christmas we remember the story of your birth. You were born into the world through Mary. You came to free us from all that binds us and to be a light in our shadows. Yet Christmas can be a time of complicated feelings and experiences. It's not all candy canes, cookies, and hallmark happy endings. When we are lonely, send us companionship. When we feel the shadows surrounding us, show us light. When we feel like you are far off, reveal your presence with us where we are and help us to be sources of hospitality, hope, and of your love in the world wherever we are and whoever we are with. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. Thank you again to Marin, Emily, and Luke for sharing their Christmas stories. If you would like to learn more about the Young Adults and Global Mission Program, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and their website. Their website's pretty bulky, so I'll link it below in the show notes. They hope to send a new group of Yagums in the fall of 2022. You can apply now through February 1st. If this was your first time joining us at All Places Together, I'm so glad we got to celebrate Christmas together. You can subscribe wherever you listen to keep up with all future episodes. And we have over 30 other episodes available for you to listen to right now. And you can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at All Places Together. 
to continue to see All Places Together grow, you can give through our website. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. If end of the year giving is part of your annual tradition, I hope you'll consider giving to All Places Together. Thanks to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and people like you who have shared contributions. We know it can be hard to give financially. We celebrate all the ways you share the stories of all places together with the people in your life. We hope you'll share this episode with someone who needs a reminder of God's love for them this Christmas season. Until next time, remember that Jesus was born for you wherever, whoever, and however you are. We'll see you in 2022. I'm finished.